children, welcome to Coast Access Storytime. Today we're rejoining Arthur and the Tooth Fairy at the City Square in Aurelia. I think, as the story goes on, their adventures sound like a dental fairy tale, don't they? Will Arthur find Mallory? What will he find? Let's see. It did not take Arthur long to reach the town square of Aurelia. There was a cream-coloured monument looking not unlike a monstrous tooth in the centre of the square, and he rested the birdcage on the steps surrounding it and sat down. What now? he asked the mouse. I imagine we should wait for your friend, said the mouse, and then we should go to the chancery of the Hexchecker and get this thing sorted. But where is Mallory? asked Arthur, looking about. Do you think she might have made it through? What about that customs gate? Oh, she'll be here, said the mouse mysteriously. There was a pause. Arthur, suddenly weary, put his head in his hands. It was so good to sit down and not be lugging the heavy bird cage. Through his fingers he glanced at Bruce and saw that the bird was looking back at him, head cocked to one side. He wondered how Bruce felt about all of these strange happenings. To his surprise, he discovered that wondering what Bruce was feeling made things just a little better. Arthur realised that the mouse was looking at him as well. You didn't think much of Mallory's plan to trap me and hold me to ransom, did you? The mouse asked. I didn't, said Arthur. I thought it was really stupid. But you did help her. Arthur sighed. With Mallory, you don't get too much choice sometimes. You don't? asked the mouse. Well, said Arthur, she's kind of like a ball at a gate most of the time. Rhinoceros at the door. Mm, that too. There was a silence. And then, continued Arthur, it's like, with Mallory, you're either with her or against her. There's no halfway. And you're with her? Arthur gave a little grin. Somebody has to be, I suppose. Nobody else's. He sighed. Then the mouse said carefully, You know, Arthur, you could let me out of this cage right now and I could organise for you and Bruce to return to your home. Just like that. There was another pause. Then Arthur looked at the mouse. You've changed your mind? Well, I suppose I could, he said, as if he hadn't thought of this before. But then... But then? But then I couldn't leave Mallory here, could I? And if you were out of the cage, she'd have no way of getting home, would she? Not if you were still mad at her and all. The mouse looked up at Arthur thoughtfully. You know, I was hoping you would say that, it said. Arthur wasn't sure, but it felt like he had passed some sort of a test. It was a good feeling, but it only lasted until he thought of Mallory again. I wish I knew where she was, all the same, he said. Not too far away, said the mouse. Arthur stared at the little creature. It was as if it really knew where Mallory was. And then he remembered how the garden shed had fallen away and how they'd found themselves among gum trees and leaf litter and canines. And he realised that the little mouse probably did know where Mallory was and that just perhaps everything would be all right. He realised, too, not for the first time, 
that the mouse probably didn't need him to open the door to the bird cage, that the mouse was perfectly capable of smashing through the bars if it really wanted to. He'd given up trying to understand why the mouse didn't do this. Arthur looked around the little square. It was surrounded by odd-looking white buildings. They rose on each side from the pink cobblestones, and they looked polished, shining in the sunshine. What are these places? he asked. The mouse said, Oh, these are the civil buildings. Civil buildings? Yes, they're very polite. That one's the Chancery of the Hexchequer. We'll go in there later to see the Hexchequer to arrange the ransom. Over there is a court of law where the Major Rat serves and that one is the font of all wisdom, home of the Wise One. The Wise One? Yes, said the mouse. The Wisdom Tooth, my boss. And what's that one? Arthur pointed. This fourth building, unlike the others, was yellowy and stained and very unpleasant looking. Ah, said the mouse, that's a penitentiary. The penitentiary? Yes, said the mouse, where all the wicked ones go. Arthur had a sudden fear for Mallory. Could she end up in that awful looking building? Was Mallory wicked? She could be mean and selfish, downright bad in fact, but wicked? Arthur wasn't sure he knew the difference. He saw that the mouse was looking at him and seemed to know just what he had been thinking. Let's hope not, said the mouse. Arthur nodded. Let's hope not. He leaned back against the step and closed his eyes. The sun was warm and he was grateful to not be carrying the birdcage any more. He could hear Bruce making a little gargling chuckle from time to time and could make out the scratch of the little bird's feet as he adjusted his position on his perch. There was no sound from the mouse and no sound from anywhere or anything else. The square was deserted, the strange white buildings apparently empty of life. He wondered again what had happened to Mallory. She should have been well in front of them, given the speed with which she'd run away from the canines. Then he recalled the mouse's worry that Mallory might have taken the wrong path at the fork and ended up with the pie-makers. He hoped not. The pie-makers sounded quite, quite horrible. It was at that moment that he heard some soft, shuffling footsteps. He opened his eyes. A shadow fell over him. Arthur looked up. A tall figure stood before him. She was wearing a tight, three-piece suit with a stringy bow tie, a stovepipe hat and drainpipe trousers. Like the customs officers, all of her clothes were creamy white, as was her hair, which hung down around her shoulders like a stringy waterfall. Arthur couldn't tell whether her hair was white, because she was old, or whether it was simply its natural colour. Her face gave no clue. It was ageless. Fortunately, after a quick glance, the figure lost interest in Arthur, for she caught sight of the mouse sitting in the bottom of the cage. Her eyes widened in recognition. Tooth Fairy, she exclaimed, why on earth are you wearing a bird cage? Is this some new kind of fashion? Oh, hello, Hexchecker, replied the mouse. No, 
not a fashion, more a prison. All will be revealed shortly, I trust. Mm, a mystery, said the hex checker. Oh, goody. Oh, I love mysteries. And the bird? Bruce, explained the mouse. Bruce is a budgie. The hex checker bent down and pointed a bony white finger towards Bruce. Hello, Bruce, she said. Welcome to Aurelia. Although Bruce cocked his head curiously towards her, he made no sound. Doesn't have much to say, does it? she said. Bruce appears to be a non-speaking bird, explained the mouse. As I said, he's a budgie. A budgie, murmured the hex checker, and I can't speak. Fascinating. Arthur wanted to protest, to say that Bruce could speak, sort of. For months he had been trying to teach Bruce to say, Pretty Brucey, and was convinced the bird had once or twice made a tiny squawking sound that might or might not have been just that. However, as no one else had ever heard the sound, Arthur decided not to contradict the mouse. And this? demanded the hex checker. Arthur looked up in alarm to find the hex checker's bony finger now pointing at him. This is Arthur, said the mouse. Can Arthur speak? I believe so, said the mouse. Say something, Arthur. Arthur swallowed. Hello, he said nervously. He can't speak very well, I see. And so, Tooth Fairy, the hex checker continued, turning once more to the mouse. We have your mystery. About to be solved, said the mouse, suddenly sitting up on its haunches and steering down the pathway leading to the square. Arthur and the hex checker immediately swivelled around to follow the mouse's gaze. Two huge figures, one swinging a massive birdcage, were striding towards them. Arthur could not help give a little cry of apprehension when he saw that trapped inside the cage was Mallory, and that Mallory looked utterly terrified. The pastry cooks marched up to Arthur and the hex checker. There was a cheerful confidence in their step. Arthur gaped up at their size in astonishment. Maury's face had broken into a grin of delight as he saw the birdcage sitting on the steps surrounding the monument. He then turned his grin to the hex checker and saluted her with his free hand. Hex checker, he said, good to see you. We're going to have need of you later, I'll be bound. Good day to you, pie maker, said the hex checker stiffly. Maury lowered his birdcage onto the ground. The pie maker's birdcage dwarfed Arthur's. Mallory, cried Arthur. Mallory seemed quite unable to speak. She gestured at him helplessly. Arthur ran to the cage and gripped the bars. Mallory! Mallory! he cried. She looked terrible. Her face was pale, her eyes were wide and shadowed, and all she could do was make fish-mouth popping movements with her lips. Let her out! shouted Arthur. The giants ignored him. The hex checker peered into the cage. What's this? she asked. A Mallory Mallory, said Molly. We kind of discovered it, and when we found out how valuable it is, we bought it here for sale. 
came across it, added Murray. It's worth an awful lot of money. Can't speak, though. Alas. Let her out, cried Arthur, trying to rattle the bars of Mallory's cage, but they were quite rigid. Can't speak, eh? asked the hexchecker. Is it a budgie, then? Mallory can speak, shouted Arthur. She's not a budgie. Say something, Mallory. But Mallory wasn't able to reply. She stared at Arthur, wide-eyed and frightened. Then she pointed to her mouth and shook her head. Why can't she speak? demanded Arthur. What's happened to her? He looked up at the giants angrily, but then suddenly quailed at their astonishing size. What have you done to her? Molly looked down at Arthur fondly. He'd do very well, don't you think? she asked Murray. Much chubbier. Hmm. Looks very tasty, Murray agreed. Arthur looked about him wildly. The way the two giants were looking at him was quite unnerving. He decided the hexchecker was no help. She was utterly useless. Mallory had been turned into some kind of zombie. He hurried back to his own, suddenly tiny birdcage. What's going on? he whispered urgently to the mouse. What are these things? What's happened to Mallory? The mouse looked up at him. Questions, questions, the mouse replied softly. These giants are the pie makers I warned of. Mallory must have taken the wrong path at the fork. Mallory's always taking the wrong path at the fork, thought Arthur bitterly. What can we do? he asked. I'm not sure, said the mouse. It depends what the giants want. I do have a fair suspicion, though. What's that? asked Arthur. Money, said the mouse. Listen to them. But I don't have any money, said Arthur. And neither do you, not counting the dollar those customs guys didn't want. I fear they'll be wanting more than that, said the mouse. Arthur looked at the mouse with despair. Don't worry, said the mouse. It could be worse. Worse? She could have been in a pie by now. Another shadow fell over Arthur. A huge shadow this time. He looked up to see Murray bending over him and grinning broadly into the birdcage. See, Molly, he boomed. The Mallory Mallory wasn't telling pork pies. Here's that mouse. The sky was blotted out even more as Molly bent down as well. There it is, she marvelled. One stupendously rich mouse. The hex checker joined them. Just a moment, she said suspiciously. I thought you said that the Mallory Mallory couldn't speak. It can't, said Molly. I didn't say it could, did I? asked Murray, standing up again to his full height. The hexchecker wasn't intimidated at all. You did so, she said. You just said the Mallory Mallory wasn't telling pork pies. You must have misheard, boomed Murray. I must have said the Mallory Mallory wasn't selling pork pies. The hexchecker looked up at him suspiciously, squinting her eyes. I know what I heard, she said. Then she stared again at the huge cage where Mallory was trapped. You said you might have need of me, the hex checker said, 
turning back to look up at Morrie once more. Morrie coughed. Molly giggled. Mm, well, we do, said Morrie, rubbing his nose in what he hoped was a secretive manner. So it involves the mouse, said Morrie, winking. The mouse? The stupendously rich mouse, said Molly. The hexchecker looked at the two giants suspiciously. Do you know who this mouse is? Kind of, said Murray. We understand the mouse is very powerful. And fabulously rich, said Molly. Stupendously rich, wasn't it? asked Murray. That too, said Molly. Arthur stared at them. He had no idea what was going on with all the hints and the nose stroking. This time the mouse coughed. Couldn't we just cut to the chase? it asked. What is it you two want? Well, said Murray carefully, we also understand that the mouse has a connection to this Mallory Mallory, whom we have found, rescued, and are keen to return. A very strong connection, added Molly. Probably it is the owner, and very keen to have the Mallory Mallory back. Arthur stared at him in astonishment. For a price, added Molly. For a very fair price, Morrie said. How much? asked the hexchecker. Two hundred dollars, said Morrie. Three hundred dollars, Molly clarified. There was a shocked silence. Then everybody turned to the mouse. This is all very interesting, the mouse said after a long pause. However, you have been quite misinformed. Misinformed? asked Morrie. On many counts, said the mouse. You see, I am not fabulously or even stupendously wealthy. In fact, I'm not wealthy at all. Arthur here will verify that my current fortune amounts to one single dollar. The giants glanced at each other. Moreover, continued the mouse, I regret to inform you that I do not own this Mallory Mallory creature, who from my observation seems to be like me, quite unnecessarily, trapped in a birdcage. Again, the two giants glanced at each other. I knew she was a liar, said Molly. Pork pies all over the place, said Morrie, picking up the birdcage so violently that Mallory was thrown off balance and fell to the floor. Arthur protested, but was ignored. Talking of pies, said Molly angrily, all is not lost. There's still one unorthodox Mallory Mallory pie to be retrieved from all this rubbish. Arthur gasped. One moment, the mouse said. The voice was loud, commanding. Morrie put the cage down and stared at the mouse. One moment what? he asked. The Mallory Mallory does not own me, as I've explained, the mouse said. Quite the contrary. The Mallory Mallory has taken me prisoner and is holding me to ransom. Ransom? asked Molly. Ransom, confirmed the mouse. How much? asked Morrie. One hundred dollars, said the mouse. So how about this? If I can arrange with the hex checker to advance me one hundred dollars, I could give the one hundred dollars to the Mallory Mallory, and then the Mallory Mallory could give the one hundred dollars to you, 
and you could let her out of the cage. What do you think? Arthur breathed a sigh of relief. This was one smart little mouse. There was a long pause as the two giants tried to process the mouse's proposal. In the end, Maury nodded slowly. You're robbing us, mouse, he said, but we can agree to this, can't we, Molly? Molly nodded. I'm feeling kind today, she said. One hundred dollars is robbery, but why not? Arthur could not help smiling. Mallory sank to her knees in gratitude. Neither would have felt so confident had they seen the expression on the hex checker's face. What happens now? asked Arthur. The negotiations begin, murmured the mouse. Arthur looked about him. The two giant pie-makers stood grinning expectantly. Maury had reached down and picked up his birdcage. For the first time, just before she was lifted above his head, Arthur thought he saw the light of hope in Mallory's eyes. The hex-checker stood quietly with a frown on her face. But then, as if she had made a decision, she bent down abruptly and picked up Arthur's birdcage. "'Follow me!' she said. "'Where are we going?' asked Arthur. He was ignored once more. The hex-checker led them across the square towards the building the mouse had identified as the chancery of the hex-checker. With a huge brass key, the hex-checker opened the large, studded door and ushered them through a marbled lobby into a large chamber. It was very old-fashioned, but Arthur recognised it immediately as some kind of bank. There was a row of high wooden desks on one wall and across the middle of the room a glass counter with teller's booths, each with its own window, with a hole cut in it through which to communicate. Wait here, ordered the hex-checker. She left them, marched towards the gate in the spinch, and then reappeared in one of the teller's booths. After placing Arthur's birdcage before her, she sat down, taking off her white stovepipe hat and placing it beside the birdcage, before finally fitting a green eye shade over her forehead. Then she looked up and gestured towards the giant pie-makers. So, she said, it is agreed. The Tooth Fairy here will advance you the $100 ransom and you will release the Mallory Mallory. When the hex-checker called the mouse Tooth Fairy, the giant pastrycocks exchanged a surprised glance, but then Maury nodded. It is far less than we were expecting, he said, but out of the goodness of our hearts, we have been persuaded to accept this paltry offer. Molly nodded as well. Out of the goodness of our hearts, we are prepared to give up this precious pie ingredient, even at great personal cost, she said, smiling broadly. Tooth fairy, asked the hexchecker, are you still prepared to give up your ransom in order to rescue this Mallory Mallory? The mouse nodded. I am, he said. We want money, said Maury, not crack it. Crack it? asked the hex-checker, puzzled. He means credit, said the mouse. Arthur allowed himself a little smile. It looked, for the moment, as if all was going smoothly.
Oh, so, yay. So pleased Mallory has got with Arthur again. They're really worried about her not talking. How will Arthur change that problem? Maybe the Tooth Fairy will help. He does have special powers, although we don't really know exactly what they are yet. Just a reminder about Otaki Books & Co. in Otaki on the main highway. It's my favourite bookstore, and if you're ordering from the online shop, they will deliver. It's free of charge for those who live locally. It's a useful website, otaki at booksandco.co.nz, and easy to find your special, kid-friendly stories. Goodbye. Happy reading. This program is made with assistance from New Zealand On Air for radio broadcast and through the accessmedia.nz website. Thank you, New Zealand On Air.